Assalamu alaikum dear listeners and welcome to CIC's podcast channel. In this series, Sheikh Akram will explore the profound teachings of Imam Nawawi, one of the most revered Islamic scholars of our time. His collection of 40 hadith encompasses a treasure trove of guidance and timeless wisdom. So get ready to be inspired and motivated. Okay, Bismillahir Rahmanir Rahim. So the hadith number 13 and the hadith thalitha ashar an Abi Hamzata Anas ibn Malik radiallahu ta'ala anhu khadim rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam عن النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم قال لا يؤمن أحدكم حتى يحب لأخيه ما يحب لنفسه ما يحب لنفسه The Prophet said none of you will be believer until they love for their brother what they love for themselves So no doubt really that you know, this is one of the great conditions for the belief is that you know, you know whenever it comes to anything to choose for your brother you know you should not choose for your brother something lower than yourself you know, to, you know choose for your brother what you choose for yourself so this is love for your brother or love for your sister, you know, love them for them what you love for yourself. This is the condition of the, and the hadith has come in Bukhari and Muslim uh, um, both. One of the great teachers of the hadith, Muhammad Nwasa, uh, you know, his hadith is a very pious person and man of the Zuhd, uh, you know, great man of Islam. Once he was selling in the market his donkey, his donkey, and he was selling it. So somebody asked him, Atardahuli. You know, are you happy that, you know, I should have this donkey? Is it really worth to have it? Atardahuli? Are you pleased that, you know, that I have this donkey? He said, if I wanted this, I never sold it. Meaning it, the reason I'm so selling it because there's some problem in that. So how can I love it for you if I don't love for, for, for myself? So how honest they, they are. When they're selling something, they want to say that I'm selling this thing because I don't want this. And how I can love for you something which I don't like for, for myself? So when the person asks him, do you love it for me? Do you want life for me? So he answered very nicely and honestly, لَوْ رَضِيتُهُ لَمْ أَبِعُهُ I never would have sold it. فَضَيْلِ بْنِ عَيَادَ رَحْمُ اللَّهُ تَلَسَيْدِ إِنْ كُنْتَ تُحِبُّ أَنْ يَكُونَ النَّاسُ مِثْلَكَ فَمَا أَدَّيْتَ النَّصِيحَةَ لِرَبِّكَ كَيْفَ وَأَنْتَ تُحِبُّ أَنْ يَكُونُ دُونَكَ فَضَيْلِ so how can you be sincere if you love the people become lower than you? What meaning is? Meaning is you should love the people to be above you. You know, choose for them something better than you. Even to, you see, even if you want people to be like you, that's not enough. People should prefer for other people. They should want for them something better than themselves. And you know, can see really in the story, uh, you know, how really in the past, the people of the Hadith and, uh, and the Fiqh really, Always they used to prefer other people over their need, you know, so clearly. And, you know, uh, you know one of the stories actually I mentioned here, the very important story, you can see really how people used to forget their needs for the sake of their brothers. You know, in our time really, we think first we fulfill our need, then we fulfill need of other people. You know, sometimes when we are hungry, we think really first let me eat, and then after that, I will look after my neighbors and people like that. But people in the past, they are not like that. You know, one of the great tabi'i, Al-Rabi'i ibn Khusayim rahimahullahu ta'ala, who is a great tabi'i of Kufa, and a student of Abdullah Masood al-Latranhu, and he was so pious that Abdullah Masood al-Latranhu used to say to him, Ya Rabi'i, law ra'aka Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, la habbaka. O Rabi'i, had the messenger of Allah had seen you, he would have loved you. The story of Rabi'i is that, you know, there is a tent of sweet, he loved it very much. But he didn't have enough money to, to make it. But his wife kept collecting money, money, until after a while, she had enough money, to make it. 
when she made prepare the sweet and then offered to her husband to eat it when rabi was about to eat it then a beggar came on the door knocked the door and he said he is hungry then rabi gave all the sweet before even tasting it to the beggar and the beggar was so hungry he didn't know what how how expensive this how you know what value of the sweet is he started eating like a hungry person without thinking but the wife really you know she spent so much time so she said if he knows what he is eating rabi's wife said if the poor person the beggar he knows what he is eating then rabi said if he does not know his lord knows if he does not know his lord knows so think really this how, how they used to prefer other people similarly the story of waqid is not you know such a great pious person he is historian but you can see in the early generation of islam how people used to prefer everybody over the other people the story of waqid really very amazing story the story is that in month of ramadan when the time of the eid became nearer and waqid a scholar he does not have enough money his wife said to him that you know you always about the books and now the eid has come nearer uh, you know and all the children of the neighborhood they are going to have new clothes and new food and nothing in your house and your children will be crying to go and at least get some money from somewhere to waqid said yeah, i know one of my friend you know i can borrow money from him so he went to, uh, to his friend and uh, asked him and the friend gave him a sack full of dinar and sealed to you know waqidi brought in a house very nicely and very happily and said to his wife that you know they had got a borrow from my friend this uh, sack of, of the golden money and before opening it you know, there was knock and somebody knocked the door and waqidi went there so there this was another friend of waqidi and he said to him that my wife is saying that it is now time of eid and we don't have anything at home if you can borrow money from somewhere so i come to if you can if you have something i can borrow from you and then spend on my my family waqidi became very happy that i have got something anyway so he came to his wife and said you know now this my friend has come and i have got this money i can divide in half half to him and half for myself so waqidi's wife said you are very mean person very miser your friend gave you the whole sack and now you going to divide half and between you and him give him the whole thing to so waqidi became ashamed and he gave the whole sack to his this friend this friend said where did you get this sack from he said from so and so my hashmi friend to so this friend said you know the what the story is this is my 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 sack you know full of dinar and that friend came to my house that on the day of eid he didn't have not anything so i gave him the whole sack and then you went to him and he gave you all thing and then i came to you and you gave me again the whole thing then all of the three they divided in the sack in between them and they had eid the story came to mamun rashid in baghdad he really became amazed with the story and he called waqidi and he listened the story from him and then he said oh waqidi this 1000 dinar you know dinar is golden money and people are you know say that even one dinar can be enough for the whole family for a month this is how expensive the dinar used to be so you know he mamun said this 1000 dinar for your hashmi friend 1000 dinar for your other friend and waqidi 1000 for for yourself and waqidi for your wife 2000 dinar because she is more generous than you to so, no doubt you see this this amazing story never can happen in other culture that how allah subhanahu wa ta'ala made this thing and you know these people you know and actually there are amazing story can see really how these people used to think once two pious people of islam zuhd in zuhd ibrahim ibn adham and shaqiq al baqi both met together to shaqiq said to ibrahim wo ibrahim what do you do if you don't get anything you know if if you don't have anything to eat what do you do So Ibrahim said, "If we are, we get something, we thank Allah, and if we don't get anything, we be are patient. We do sabr. We get, we do shukr, and if we don't get, we do sabr." 
شقیق سر بلخ وہ ابراہیم دس از واٹ دا ڈاگس آف بلخ ڈو ایزی You know, uh, Ibn al-Husayn al-Taqi said that once uh, more than 30 people, they got together in the town of Rai, which is now basically Tehran in, in Iran. They all got together and they have got only few birds. So they broke in pieces. So they can eat all of them. More than 30 people, only few, few birds. So how they eat? And what they did, because they thought you know, nobody is going to eat, so they put off the lamp. So darkness, so at least somebody can eat, you know, some, nobody sees it. And they sat for eating. And when they thought, now everybody was finished, then they put on, you know, the light. And when they saw, it was still the, all the food was still the same. Everybody was thinking, I should not eat and my friend should eat. So nobody ate anything. And actually, I remember on this one a story, opposite happened with us in, in, in India. You know, when I was a student in Nazareth Olama, you know, I went to Khanqaf, Rabarali of Mawla Barasta Nadvi. And after Taravi, so sometimes the friend, somebody gave us a lot of dates. And, it, and few friends sat together, everybody eating very little. Takalluf, like in Lucknow people do, not eating much. And, you know, nobody eating. And then suddenly, the, you know, the light went off. It became dark. And after within a few minutes, five, ten minutes, when the light came again, everything was finished. <laughs> Nothing was there. So you can see this story really is amazing. That's how these people are. You know, few, few birds. And actually we said that, you know, how people are. So we were ashamed in front of the people. When no light, everybody eating too much. And these, you see, these really people, the few more than 30 people, few birds, and when they put on the light, still actually all the things are left there. Abdullah Umar Dillatranhuma, once he was, uh, you know, ill, not feeling well, and then he got cured. So he asked his family, you know, if he can have a, uh, you know, fish to eat, grilled fish. And then family, they made a fish and grilled. When they put in front of him to eat, there was a beggar on the door. So Abdullah Umar said to his, his uh, slave, go and give all this fish to the beggar. So his family said to him, no, this is something you wanted. You wished for that and we made for you. you. Why don't you eat it? He said, because Allah said, Inna Allah ta'ala yaqul, lan tanalul birra hatta tunfiqu mimma tuhibbun. You never can attain the birr, you know, the piety, obedience of Allah, until you spend what you love. I love it, that's why I'm giving it. You see, we, what we do, we only give in charity when you don't like something. These people, they love something and that's how they give. You know, really Islam came really to change the whole uh, you know, understanding of the world. You know, the way people, people behave. It's a really amazing thing. Nobody, nobody will do things like that. And if the society becomes like that, everybody becomes Muslim. People now don't want to live you know, next to us. Why? Because think that, you know, these Asian people, when they come anywhere, they occupy the place. They make a small place and they keep expanding, expanding until they take everything. But you know, if you become like aware that you know, when you, uh, there are people need, you give them, Everybody wants to be with you. You know, that's the thing. We have to be, we should learn really how to give the people. Only thing we have learned actually is how to take from the people. But Islam wants to teach us how to give to the people. The hadith number 14. An ibn Mas'udin radiallahu ta'ala anhu qala qala rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam la yahillu damum ra'in muslimin illa bi ihda thalatin al-thayyibu zani wal-nafsu bil-nafs 
No Muslim blood is allowed except with three things. And these three things are agreed upon by all the scholars. Everybody agrees. All the Hanafis, Malikis, Shafi, Hanbal, everybody agrees that if one of the, these three is found, then uh, you know, the, uh, the basically the life of the people, they become you know, allowed to take you know, under, with certain condition under Muslim government and Muslim state. The first condition is a thayyibu zani. A thayyib who does zina means any uh, man or woman who already have got married and then after that they do adultery after the marriage, then the punishment, if it is proven after four witnesses or maybe the people acknowledge, then the punishment for those men and women in Islam is they must be stoned until they die. So that is the punishment of the rajma for thayyib zani. Thayyib means those who got already married. So people of them after marriage, if they do zina, then the punishment is very severe and that is the rajma. It is for men and women, both same thing. And second thing is an-nafsu bin nafs, life for the life. So if somebody has killed someone, then this person also can be killed in, 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 <coughs> in the qisas. And if somebody leaves his religion, and then he leaves the jama'ah, the group of the believers, because it's rebellious basically. Because in Islam, no doubt leaving the religion is a rebellion. So if people leave the religion in a way that they want to rebel against the society or against the, against the state, then no doubt rebellion in every, you know, in every uh, culture, in every uh, state you can say, it may allows people to be killed basically, rebellion. So in Islam, leaving the religion and leaving the jama'ah, leaving the group of Muslims is basically rebellion against the state. So if any of these three things are found, then people's life can be taken. But as mentioned, it is certain condition and mostly when it is actually, is, uh, the country is ruled by, by, by Islam and you know, things are done properly, then these things are otherwise, for example, if, you know, it, if, if the society is very corrupt and adultery and, you know, and the relation among the sexes, they are very common, then you don't implement this, this punishment. So similarly, you know, if the safety and protection are not very properly done by the state, then many of these punishments will not be implemented. But if the state actually provides all the protection for everybody and the society is pure, then to protect the values of the, of the society, we need to take these extreme measure, measurements in, in certain conditions. One other thing also is, you know, the zina. Zina basically is a relation between men and women without, you know, illegal relation between men and women, without the marriage. But if the people do uh, uh, fulfill the desire within the same uh, sex, like men, men do what actually people of the Lut al-Islam have been doing, and for that they have been punished, you know, what we now call homosexuality, so if men fulfill the desire with the men, or women fulfill the desire with the women, no doubt it is really corruption of the nature of the people. It is very, very severe sin in the, in the Bible, in the Quran, and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala becomes so angry, and uh, no doubt really, if anybody does uh, the, commit the, the sin of the people of Lut, uh, you know, it is one of the major sins, and there are many hadiths actually against, against it. Though it was not something common among Arabs, Arabs actually did not know. I know, you know, one of the uh, uh, Major Caliph, Hisham bin Abdul Malik, he said, had the Quran not mentioned the story of the people of Lut, I never would have thought that people do something like that. And Hisham is not one of the pious caliphs. You see, this thing was not very common. Arabs actually did not. This illness was very common in those days among the Greeks and among the Persians. And from these people, it actually spread everywhere in the world. But otherwise, Arab people are people, many people who are likely new in Bedouin life, they don't know this commitment. Because this thing really, having relation within the same sex and gender, this is against the nature. Most people actually don't know this thing. It only happens when the society becomes very corrupt and nature becomes corrupted, that's how it happens. 
So all the Sahaba they agreed that anybody who has got in doing something like that, he must be killed. Anybody does it, he should be killed. But how he should be killed, the details are there disagreement among the, among the fuqaha. Some people make same condition at the zina. If it is done by the married people, their punishment will be this. If it is done by unmarried people, their punishment will be like that. And that is the opinion of Ibn Sayyid Nusayyab, Atayin Nabi Rabah, Hassan al-Basri, Qatada al-Di'ama Sadusi, Ibrahim Naq'i, Imam Thawri, Awza'i, and one of the opinion of Imam Shafi, that anybody who commits something like that, if they are married, they should be killed. So this is really very important. One, also, one thing also actually, which makes people's life really easier in Islam, and, and very severe sin is basically when anybody gets fatwa that you know you have now reached to a state that now you don't need to pray, no fasting, because you are connected with Allah we have come very close. That also is such a big crime that many people give fatwa that anybody who says something like that, he should be killed. Like you say, many Sufis they will say that you know the prayer was to make to make connect, connection with Allah and now I'm wasil, I've reached to Allah anyway, I don't need to pray. This is one of the major sins, and anybody who says something like that, this is really not allowed. Imam Ghazali said, لَوْ زَعَمَ زَعِمٌ أَنَّ بَيْنَهُ بَنِ اللَّهِ تَعَالَى حَالَةً أَسْقَطَتْ عَنْهُ الصَّلَاةِ Imam Ghazali said, and he's also himself Sufi, he said if anybody claims that between him and Allah is a conditioned state after which the prayer has been dropped by him, وَوَحِلَّتْ لَهُ شُرُبُ الْخَمْرِ And now he can drink wine. And actually I have seen some of these Sufi in India as well. They don't pray nothing, no prayer, and they say they are with Allah ta'ala. No prayer, and they basically they use all the drugs, dirty people, and people come around them, and they are Sufi, they have reached to that state. And then he eats uh, you know, the mal of the Sultan, uh, you know, as some people Sufi have done. Then Imam Ghazali said, فَلَا شَكَّ فِي أُجُوبِ قَتْلِهِ There is no doubt that somebody like that, he should be killed. وَإِنْ كَانَ فِي خُلُودِهِ فِي النَّارِ النَّظَرِ Though I cannot give fatwa that he will live in the fire of hell forever, but he should be killed. وَقَتْلُ مِثْلِهِ أَفْضَلُ مِنْ قَتْلِ مِئَةِ كَافِرٍ لِأَنَّ ضَرَرَهُ أَكْثَرٍ Imam Ghazali said, killing someone like him is more, more, has more virtue than killing 100 kafir. You see, Imam Ghazali said, somebody like that who said that he had reached to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and he said, now I don't need to pray. Imam Ghazali, who is a Sufi himself, he says, killing someone like him it has more virtue, more reward than killing 100 kafir because the harm of this person is greater. So no doubt really. People never can reach any stage where they no, no, don't need to And who can be more pious than the Prophet And the Prophet keeps encouraging his prayer. You know, does more prayer. We hope you enjoyed this episode. To help us create more content like this and more, please consider supporting us by donating whatever you can. Please visit www.cambridgeislamiccollege.org and click the donate button. Jazakallahu khairan.